Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM. Channel 127, welcome to Progress After Dark. Good evening to everybody out there on the West Coast driving home in your vehicles. Hello to everybody else in the Middle and the East Coast. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. I'm John Fugel saying, for the next couple hours, we're going to be with you right here on Channel 127 at 866-997-4748. We would love to hear from you. Uh, A week from tonight, Friday, November 3rd, I'll be performing at Lionsgate Comedy in the Berkshires. That's in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. That, I, I, I guess that means I'll, I won't be here. We'll have one of, the, one of the guest hosts who actually know what they're talking about. So you'll be in good shape if you can be here a week from now. I'll be performing live with our good friend Kevin Bartini up in the Berkshires and a lot more dates coming up in the weeks to come. we got a really good show tonight. Max Burns of Newsweek will be here. And boy, I love it when Max comes in here and shows you what a smart person can talk about. Also, Rachel O'Leary Carmona, who is the executive director of Women's March, she will be here to discuss the new speech. Speaker of the House's deep ties to anti-abortion groups like the ADF, which has been labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. We will be telling you why. Ivanka Trump has been ordered to testify in her father's civil fraud trial because, along with her siblings, Fredo and Shemp, Ivanka held a senior role in the Trump organization during the timeline of the alleged fraud. Now, uh, we're going to be live for the next three hours at 866-997-4748, and we'd love to hear from you guys. 866-997-GRIT. Chris Hauselt is our executive producer running this thing from the South Carolina Bureau. The great Thea Harper is running this thing out of Brooklyn. And my name's John Fugelsang. I'm so happy to be with you. We're going to be reachable at 866-997-GRIT, and we would love to hear from you. You can always write to us at our Facebook page, Tell Me Everything with John Fugelsang on SiriusXM, or tweet to us. Uh, and even better yet, y- you can call us. You know the number. And hello to all of our Evil Army of the Night. We love hearing from you guys live. 
And hello to the daywalkers, all you sane people who get your sleep at night and then listen on the Fuglesang podcast or on demand or on the app. We love you guys. And, you know, you're always allowed to stay up for some boring night if there's nothing on TV. Give us a call. Tell us what's pissing you off. Tell us what's inspiring you. What's keeping you awake at night? What's getting you out of bed in the morning? We'd love to hear from you. 866-997-GRIT. Let's get into it. Mike Johnson, your new Speaker of the House. This is going to be a really entertaining time. I guess the Republicans thought by going for the mild-mannered Jim Jordan clone, uh, they were going to, I guess, have an easier time of it. But I think the jury's in. Mike Johnson is Jim Jordan with a sports coat and without the wrestling incident rap. Um, he gave this speech yesterday where he, he gave credit to God for bringing us to this moment where he was sworn in as speaker. And I'm like, dude, you, you've confused God with Matt Gates. Matt gets the credit for that one. And he will continue to get the credit as Democrats fundraise like fiends off of Mike Johnson. He's one of the most socially conservative speakers we've ever had. He is, in my opinion, to the right of Donald Trump. Democrats will be making him a big star in their 2024 campaigns, and he's made it easy. We talked about this. He's written so many op-eds and so much legislation where we know he's an election denier. He spread the lies about dead Hugo Chavez rigging the Dominion voting machines. He wants to put women in jail for abortion, wants to put doctors who perform abortions uh, into hard labor. <laughs> he wants rapists to be able to pick out the mother of their next child. He hates the gays. Uh, he wrote op-eds calling to make gay sex illegal. In fact, last night he was on Hannity. I know, right? Are you, are you sorry you missed that? What a summit. Wow. Hannity asked him a chance to address his very, very, very anti-gay comments on marriage and sexuality. And let me point out, if I may, uh, his very unchristian comments on gay people and sexuality, because Jesus never condemned gay people. Jesus never condemned trans people. Jesus never condemned people who had abortions. Jesus never really technically condemns uh, premarital sex. You know what Jesus condemned? Adultery. You know who Mike Johnson's blindly loyal to? Donald Trump. So Mike Johnson already realizes that he's in a very tricky position for the rest of his brief career as speaker. Listen to him right here. Listen to him bloviate with some religious banter, but strangely dodge the question about his deepest core convictions. I was a litigator that was called upon to defend the state marriage amendments. If you remember back in the early 2000s, I think it was over 35 states, somewhere in that number, that, that the people went to the ballot in their respective states and they amended their state constitutions to say marriage is one man, one woman. Well, I was a religious liberty defense lawyer and I was called to go in and defend those cases in the courts. Let me, let me state this very clearly, and, and there's been questions about this. Let me say where I am. Anybody that knows me will tell you this is true. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. I respect the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land, okay? I respect the rule of law, but I also genuinely love all people, regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal worldview. my personal worldview. But here's the thing. Everybody comes to the House of Representatives with deep personal convictions. But all of our personal convictions are not going to become law. That's, this is a, a, a big body of people. There's 435 members in the House. You have to argue and find consensus and all of that. So I have no agenda other than what's best for the American people and to defend the rule of law. And that's what we're doing. 
Um, <laughs> you want to know my opinion on anything? Open up a Bible. You know, again, uh, dude, the Bible calls for execution of adulterers. The Bible calls for murdering children who are gluttons or drunks or disrespect their parents. The Bible calls for executing people who work on Saturday. I don't think you've read the whole Bible. This guy says the First Amendment requires student-led prayers in public schools, so I don't think he's actually read the First Amendment either. He publicly boasts of his Christian piety, but he uses the stuff Jesus talked about as toilet paper. American Taliban. And we are a couple of days after a gunman slaughtered at least 18 people and injured dozens more in Maine. And of course, he believes, our new speaker, it's not the guns, it's not the weapons. You know, Joe Biden and Democrats in Congress are urging some kind of action after this massacre that left 18 Americans dead. And the new speaker of the House would have a very important role in bringing about any legislation to be, what's the word I'm looking for, pro-life to be patriotically protecting the lives of Americans who have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness without some well-regulated militia walking into their bowling alley and spraying AK-47 fire all over the place. And in his interview with Sean Hannity last night, his first interview as the speaker, Mike Johnson took a really brave stance and said, now isn't the time to discuss legislation to address all these mass killings. Folks, anytime someone says it's too soon to talk about gun safety, it's always too late. Give a listen to House Speaker Mike Johnson last night. This is the guy the Democrats are going to be fundraising off of. And if you're feeling weary of politics, if all this malaise has got you down, I understand. I got your back. But tell me your heart doesn't get inspired when you hear this to go out and beat back against this murderous, willful ignorance. Give a quick listen to what Mike Johnson thinks the real problem is. Well, already, though, you're immersed in Democrats, and this happens with almost every shooting incident. The, the media call by the left in this country, we need more gun laws, we need more legislation. Yeah. What's your answer to that? At the end of the day, it's, the problem is the human heart. It's not guns, it's not the weapons. At the end of the day, we have to protect the, the right of the citizens to protect themselves, and that's the Second Amendment. And that's why our party stands so strongly for that. I agree with the comments of, of your guests there. This is not the time to be talking about legislation. We're in the middle of that crisis right now. Uh, but I just want you to know, and I want the American people to know, that all the members of the House here are deeply concerned about the families involved and everyone. And we, we pray for the law enforcement officers that are doing that hard job tonight that most people do not have the uh, bravery to do. Okay. Let's break that down, can we? The problem is the human heart, not the guns. It's not the weapon. It's the underlying problem. Yeah, to some degree, he's right. Uh, the problem is the people with the problem hearts have easy access to mass kill machines. There are 18 dead bodies in the state of Maine tonight because guys like Mike Johnson think people with bad hearts should have easy access to mass kill machines. He immediately goes to conservative platitudes on gun control. And I got to tell you, um, only a couple days as speaker, and he's already memorized all the NRA talking points he'll be paid to repeat. So why don't we, Mike, make sure people with bad hearts can't get a damn assault weapon made specifically to do the most amount of damage to a human body in the least amount of time. A lot of people smarter than me had very good comebacks for this. Congressman Don Beyer said humans have hearts in every nation on Earth. This is the only country that has a mass shooting almost every day. It's the guns. Ben Wexler tweeted, partial list of countries that don't have a problem with the human heart. 
Canada, England, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, South Korea, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Switzerland, France, Spain, Ireland, Portugal. Dennis uh, Mercero said, how many rounds can the human heart fire per minute? Every country has people with bad hearts. We're the only developed country where daily massacres are a routine part of life. It's the guns, but they know that and they don't care. Dr. Emily Deans tweeted, yeah, the human hearts that are too chicken shit to make red flag laws or mandatory background checks to take guns away from domestic abusers, felons, and people who are actively psychotic. And our good friend Dina Grayson, wife of former Congressman Alan Grayson, she's a friend of this show, she wrote, as a doctor, I can attest that a human heart does not commit mass murder. You know, every one of these Republican politicians who claims to be tough on crime, they also think that American cops should have to face criminals armed with easily purchased AR-15s, which to me says they're not tough on crime. They want to make it as easy as possible for the criminals to mow down as many cops as they need to. Other countries have gun homicide rates that are tiny fractions of our gun homicide rate. Only in America, guns are now the leading cause of death in young people, overtaking motor vehicle deaths. Let me say that again, because we can't say it enough, can we? Only in this country and no other are guns the leading cause of death of young people. There's nothing wrong with having to get a gun ownership license you've earned through training courses to purchase a weapon or ammunition. And there's nothing wrong with common sense regulations the majority of Americans support that still allow for gun ownership. Joe Biden has said after the previous mass killings that he's gone as far as he can. He's issued executive orders to trim around the edges at all this easy access to military style hardware. And Joe Biden keeps saying it's up to Congress, especially since the Supreme Court recently made it easier for any lunatic to carry any gun in public anywhere. This week, Joe Biden called on Republicans to work with him <laughs> and to take some specific actions, banning assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Can't say it enough. You ban the high capacity magazines because lunatics should have to be forced to endure the inconvenience of reloading every 10 rounds mid massacre. That's when you tackle said lunatic. Joe Biden has asked Republicans to work with them on enacting universal background checks, which 90% of Americans support. It's more popular than Christmas. He wants legislation to require safe storage of guns. He wants to allow gun manufacturers to be sued if their weapons are used as intended in a crime. Joe Biden said this is the very least we owe every American who will now bear the scars, physical and mental, of this latest attack. And you know, can I just say something else? Did you, did you happen to see Skyfall, James Bond movie 10 years ago with Daniel Craig? Won two Oscars. Only James Bond movie. Won an Oscar for the song and it won an Oscar for the editing. It's really good. First one with Ray Fine. Judy Dench dies in it. It's a great movie. My favorite James Bond movie of all time. I don't mind saying that. Sorry, Sean Connery fans. Skyfall's the best James Bond movie. And there's that one scene where James Bond is given a gun that is activated by his fingerprint and thumbprint when he holds it. Because we can do that now. Why aren't we talking about this? The same technology you use to open up your phone can be applied to turning on a personal firearm. Right? I mean, the same technology that would allow a person to start their car when they're not drunk could prevent a lot of DUIs. No one talks about it. They're going to be saying it's un-American, it's un-American Second Amendment. They don't mean it. There's nothing un-American about universal background checks to preserve American life. There's nothing anti-freedom with requiring gun safety education in order to purchase a firearm to protect American life. There's nothing anti-Second Amendment 
with requiring firearms to be locked and stored safely. There's nothing morally wrong with waiting a couple of damn days for a background check to go through to preserve American life. Other countries value life. They value the lives of their citizens over their love of weaponry. Well, an AR-15 is my God-given right. No, boo-boo. An AR-15 is not your God-given right. It's your goddamned entertainment. I'll say it again. If you don't think the Crips and the Bloods should be allowed to buy tactical nuclear weapons, if you don't think gang members should have access to white phosphorus and grenade launchers, then you already support limitations on our right to bear arms. Other countries don't have to have regular active shooter drills in their schools. That's just us. We're special. Civilians do not need military-grade weapons, period. There's nothing wrong with having education and and permitting required to own military-grade weapons. So, again, Mike Johnson, the problem here is not the human heart. The problem is the lack of it. The shooter is dead. May God have mercy on his soul. Um, If there is no God, well then... Let me just say my heart goes out to all the victims, past, present, and future. This should not have happened. This man did not need to have access to this weapon. This man could have lived in a society where it wouldn't have been that easy to spray that much gunfire without a break. America and politicians like the new speaker are fighting every day to make the next Robert Card have a substantially easier time slaughtering innocent young and old people. God bless the folks in Maine. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Again, if you're just joining us, Robert Card, the alleged shooter in the atrocious Maine mass shooting, has been found, uh, presumably killed by his own hand. Also, New York City's Grand Central Terminal has been shut down. 
by a group of Jewish people uh, uh, calling for a ceasefire. There have been multiple arrests and apparently trains have stopped service. And today it's the one year anniversary of Elon Musk's 44 billion takeover of Twitter, which he has renamed X and pretty much run the whole damn thing into the ground. It's like a mob restaurant being burned down for the insurance money. Okay. Time to bring on someone who is smarter and more moral than me. I'm always thrilled when we can get the great Max Burns back on our show. He is a Public Relations Society of America award-winning Democratic strategist and a terrific political columnist. You may have read in Daily Beast or seen him in News Nation or on NBC News or in Newsweek. He's helped guide some of the most successful American companies and campaigns in achieving their messaging goals. We love having him on the show, and he's also guest host. He's a terrific broadcaster. I am always intimidated by the massive intellect and giant heart of Max Burns. Sir, Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. The intro is too, it's officially too gracious. You got to stop. I feel oh, so I self-conscious can, I mean, now. I can, I can, you know, he also has problems, depression, he drinks, uh, not nice to animals. You know, I mean, ex-girlfriends have told me horrible things about, Terrible you know, tipper. kink, horrible tipper. bad tipper, uh, rude to cab drivers. I mean, I could go on. He hates, hates all kinds of people, uh, but really good I, at what he does. I'm used to doing right-wing TV, so the intros are normally not nearly as charitable. (laughs) Let me tell you, I just did, uh, right now I'm competing with myself. I'm on News Nation with Dan Abrams right now being the token liberal to beat up on on the panel. So I'm right there with you, man. I know how it feels. Max, what a week we have been through. I mean, in the midst of the the nonstop war in the Middle East and this uh, horrible, just uh, atrocity in Maine um, and the new speaker, we're, we're also witnessing uh, a series of flips that we always expected would happen, but never in such rapid succession. The same week that the original flipper, Michael Cohen, testifies before Donald Trump's face in court, we got Jenna Ellis, we got Sidney Powell, we got Jonathan Chesbro, and wow, not a big surprise, but Mark Meadows all in rapid succession. What is going on this week? I think we're seeing the rats now start to flee the ship. I mean, it seemed as if Donald Trump was one of the few people in America who was actually surprised to hear that Mark Meadows had flipped. He didn't seem to believe it when he was told by an ABC reporter as he was leaving court that Meadows had worked with Jack Smith and took immunity for testimony. But this is huge. I mean, it's hard to overstate how important this is because Mark Meadows was the guy in all of the key rooms on January 6th. I mean, on a day when Donald Trump was unusually hard to get in touch with, and hard to see in person. Mark Meadows was in every key room in every major decision. So he has a lot of unique insights into Trump's motives and mindset that nobody else has, at least nobody who's talking. So for him to say, I'll tell you what you want to know, and for Jack Smith to agree, uh, shows that that Meadows certainly has some very valuable, and at least uh, Smith thinks very interesting information about what Donald Trump was up to on that day. Yeah, we have to remember, Mark Meadows is the one who, for some reason, turned over all those text messages and made the January 6th committee's work really easy. Mark Meadows is kind of the reason Fox News has to pay three quarters of a bill for lying about Smartmatic. I mean, we know so many shady things that so many folks did. Meadows seems to have realized he fucked up and went and sued the January 6th committee after he cooperated. But it's been interesting watching him try desperately to have his case in the state of Georgia move to a federal trial. I've kind of assumed, Max, that that's just because he wants a whiter jury. Yeah, that didn't go very well. Uh, It seems meritless uh, judicial movements are really the stock and trade of the MAGA movement right now. I mean, you see him 
desperately trying to limit his liability. And that's really, I think, the reason that he was so eager to cooperate with Jack Smith is this case in Georgia is really serious. We're talking multiple years in prison minimum for organized yeah. crime. I mean, it, it's in Meadows' interest to limit as much of his legal exposure as he can to focus on this case. And that's what he's done. I mean, he's essentially taken himself out of criminal liability at least around January 6th and now can focus fully on his other criminal organized crime cases. <laughs> right? it, it really is. You, yeah. know, you would say you hate to see it, but it's it, it's if they had worked this hard at actually governing, they might have been reelected. Oh, all those chiefs of staff that Donald Trump fired have no idea how lucky they are. Think about Mick Mulvaney. He just had to be humiliated. Same with John Kelly. I mean, same with Reince Priebus. Remember that? I mean, the guy went through, he went through chiefs of staff like he went through wives. But it was Meadows who was there on January 6th. And now this guy's been granted immunity by Jack Smith. And he's spoken with Smith's team at least three times this year. We know he's given damning evidence against Trump. And we, we, we know he's testified one of those times before a grand jury. But it seemed like this week that Donald Trump was trying to intimidate him in his posts on Truth Social. And, and Jack Smith really picked up on that. Yeah, Donald Trump has been having quite a week in, ter in terms of witness intimidation and violating court orders. I mean, not only is he going after Mark Meadows on Truth Social and giving a lecture on the importance of loyalty and talking about the cowards and weak people who would work with Jack Smith and saying in his Trumpian way, well, I, I think Mark Meadows isn't that kind of person, but I don't know. We'll have to find out. I mean... And this coming immediately after he was hit with a, a $10,000 fine for violating a gag order for trying to intimidate and harass court staff in his other New York trial. I, it's a guy who does not understand rules, clearly is incapable of constraining himself. And it's starting to not only cost him money, but put him in real legal jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of Jenna Ellis flipping? I, I, I know that's kind of small potatoes and we knew it was coming. And it's certainly not going to change anybody's mind about Donald Trump. But uh, not a big surprise, is it? Not really. No, I don't. Of all the people, it's not really Jenna Ellis who's got the stuff that's going to bring Donald Trump down. But it is sort of an interesting indication that these people are starting to realize as their legal bills are mounting, they're being disbarred. That Donald Trump is not coming to help them. He's not going to pay Jenna Ellis's legal bills. And he told her that. And so she's going to cooperate and look out for herself. And she tried to say as much in her statement of apologizing and saying, you know, that she didn't do her due diligence, that she'll look out more for herself in the future. I don't think that's the problem. It's just that she's upset she got caught. But yeah. these sort of low level cooperation situations just make it harder for Donald Trump to convince a jury because it's going to be a parade of Republicans who worked for him, who he's on camera saying are great people with good morals, testifying <laughs> about the organized crime he asked them to commit. I mean, that's not good for anybody. You know, Max, one of my favorite things to do uh, with media folks like yourself is to talk about the uh, terrible ideas for shows we almost did. Um, the head of NBC, ABC News once had me have a lunch with Kimberly Guilfoyle years ago, and I was like, sorry, no. Uh, I was asked by a comedy club I really admire to do a debate series with Milo Yiannopoulos, and I was like, uh, no. Is it true that Fox News 
at one point considered putting you and Jenna Ellis together for a streaming show on Fox Nation? Oh my God, I've wanted to talk about that for so long. Yeah, it was, we did a couple of It's safe back here, you're in a safe place. Talk about it, tell me. That was uh, when I was still invited on Fox News and, and we would do back and forth and they were very excited about Fox Nation and putting us in a spot to do sort of a hand. They described it as a Hannity and Colmes for Gen Z, ignoring <laughs> the fact that we're both millennials. So I don't know what we would know about Gen Z, but they, mm -hmm. they decided, I think, due to my clear lack of interest that uh, this was not going to work. And now, you know, she's uh, a convicted felon and my hands are shackle free. So that was a good choice. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear it. You had a great piece in The Hill this week that I want to ask you about called End of an Era. It's time for the Republicans to break up. Um, it's a it's a very clever and funny piece, but you write the MAGA movement standard bearers are more than happy to destroy Republicans' 2024 electoral chances in pursuit of something larger, a party purged of rhinos and voices critical of the Freedom Caucus's radical legislative goals. I kind of agree with you, Max, and with the appointment of this new speaker, it's kind of remarkable that all 25 Republicans who refused to vote for Jim Jordan we're willing to vote for Jim Jordan with access to a sports jacket this week. Right. And I think the smarter Republicans sort of see this coming. Mitt Romney has been talking about this a lot more. You've seen uh, a lot of different anti-Trump Republicans who seem to acknowledge that this war is over. The MAGA movement has won. They now control the speakership. They're winning the presidential race by 50 points. And this is not a place that's interested in compromise. You had, I think, Matt no. Gates said it very well that he doesn't care how Republicans perform in 2024. He would rather lose the House and purge all of the weak Republicans who aren't willing to shut down the government. And yeah. that he would consider that a victory, that even in the minority, at least they would have a party unified in their extreme MAGA values. And that's that's all you need to say. I mean, these Republicans would be better off leaving and leaving this party to fend for itself, working with Democrats where possible to at least keep the government open, because we've seen those Republicans at least care about that. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, this party is now run by mask off extremists. Mike Johnson is one of the most extreme MAGA Republicans in this body. You're right. But, you know, here's the thing. A guy like Matt Gates, he's never going to be in any position of power. He's never going to be any more. He's never going to be a senator. He's never going to be a president. Matt Gates is going to he, he's pretty much auditioning for his own Fox show at this point. I don't know what this guy's deal is. But in the case of, of Mike Johnson, he's got about three weeks from today when he is going to have no honeymoon period whatsoever and have to somehow pass some kind of budget agreement to keep the government working that the Democrat controlled Senate and White House are going to have to agree on. He can talk the talk all day long and impress the magas with his unwillingness to compromise because that's what adults do. But um, he's got a really tough choice, doesn't he? Now, a guy like Mike Johnson can't just talk shit from the sidelines. He's going to have to either be the face of letting the government shut down and a lot of people not getting paid, not getting their checks, or he's going to have to compromise with Democrats and have all these Matt Gaetzes turn against him. Isn't that the real thing he's looking at? So here's where I think it gets interesting is Mike Johnson, because he is so Freedom Caucus and because they're going to give him more space based on that, could actually, I think, pass a CR in a way that Kevin McCarthy couldn't and not get punished for it. And, really? and Freedom Caucus will just look the other way. 
But I don't think he's going to do it because Mike Johnson personally has extolled the virtues of a shutdown instead of a CR many, many, many times. But when he was on the sidelines, he did. When he was on the sidelines, he did. Now he's the brand new shiny speaker. He will get the blame in the history books and the public perception if this happens, won't he? I'm not sure that he cares. It's not going to be blame with people he's worried about offending. I mean, there, there is this entirely split constituency now that these are these people are not interested in serving Americans who don't believe what they believe. So it isn't their concern. And as Matt Gates said, you know, this losing idea of it's better to lose and be pure than to win and compromise. They seem to take that really seriously. I have no reason to doubt that they would drive this train right into a cliff rather yeah. than pass a CR. I mean, I'm thrilled with that. That's fine. They don't believe in having any kind of compromise means they don't believe in building a coalition. They're going to turn and eat their own. And all they're going to do is run more and more Republicans who are unelectable at the national level. I mean, they don't really seem to notice the majority of Americans support abortion rights, support LGBT equality, support background checks for gun purchases. Well, that's yeah, that's I mean, the thing is, we're talking to two different Americas when you we saw the mainstream media after Mike Johnson was elected saying, wow, you know, little known Mike Johnson came out of nowhere to become the speaker. And what they mean is Mike Johnson wasn't on Fox News. He wasn't on CNN. He wasn't on NPR talking to reporters. So they didn't know who he was. But if you watch Mm. Steve Bannon's podcast or Donald Trump Jr.'s web show or you listen to The (laughs) Daily Wire, you already know Mike Johnson as a minor MAGA hero for his work trying to overturn the election. So they knew who he was. They understood what was happening. And the point that I make is that the MAGA movement has matured. It built a communications network. Now it's using that to communicate within itself. It's done talking to us. So and and now the media cannot claim to be informed about what's going on in the GOP if they're not also looking at, you know, God help us, Steve Bannon as one of the most influential news outlets on the Republican right now. Wow. But again, Republican right. That's not mainstream Republicans. And it certainly isn't people. I mean, I mean, you got people who, who you know, enjoy their cocaine with Fox News. You're talking about people who like are huffing crank in a dark basement with James Woods, right? I mean, you're talking about people who are just freebasing it. And to say nothing of the fact that this is the way you repel independent voters in this country, isn't it? No, absolutely. I mean, it is a terrifying thing to acknowledge that now if you want to hear the Speaker of the House in his first interview after being elected, if you wanted to hear what the new speaker's vision for America was, you didn't go to Fox News or CNBC or CNN. You had to go to Newsmax. And then it was replayed through the Daily Wire, through Steve Bannon, through Charlie Kirk's web network. This is how this new speakership is going to operate. So it's unfortunately no longer optional to follow these things and to follow these nutcases because they're going to be delivering the strategy for the Republican Party at least until they implode next year. So Fox, you know, is going to be as out of touch with what's really happening as MSNBC is when it comes to what Mike Johnson is thinking. And that really creates, you know, a lot of great, terrifying uncertainty at a really dangerous time in the world. 
I just I, if I was a Democratic fundraiser, I'd be really happy about all of this. Um, Maxwell, I still have you. You wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago that I've really wanted to ask you about. This is the first anniversary of uh, Elon Musk destroying Twitter as we know it with uh, someone's money. And you had a piece in The Hill called X'd Out. Hamas attack puts Twitter's dangerous disinformation machine in the crosshairs. Do you mind if I ask about this piece? I know it was like two weeks ago you, you published. No, it, but- feel free. Well, European regulator Terry Breton accused Twitter or X, whatever it's called, of platforming violent and terrorist content and Israel related disinformation intentionally spread by bad actors. What is going on? It seems like the European authorities are much more upset at what's going on with Twitter than the American ones. Oh, they are. I mean, this is a serious set of uh, crimes that's being alleged is basically that Elon Musk's Twitter is harboring terrorist disinformation by not acting quickly to remove things that are fake. And we've seen that every social media platform, when there's a crisis or something like a war, like what's happening in Gaza, gets disinformation. But no one got it quite as hard as Twitter did. It was exceptionally easy to flood the zone with inaccurate information, thousands of fake stories, some of which were advancing agendas that were were concealed and they were foreign actors trying to move public opinion covertly. Yeah. And Elon Musk was alerted to these. These were flagged. They did nothing because they fired all of their trust and safety team. They fired most of their content team. And Musk has still to date not given any response to this and doesn't seem especially concerned. I mean, we just saw a story today about two major accounts he platformed giving quote unquote war information One of them was an anti-Semitic teenager from Europe, and the other one is a network of foreign nationals known for disinformation. And it's terrifying. That's why I think the Biden re-election campaign probably isn't all that worried about Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, but they should be worried about Elon Musk and the kind of stuff he allows on his site because it's all about the clicks, right? It absolutely is. I mean, it's not just that it's now a safe harbor to post lies but it's that it's being monetized. He's actually incentivizing the production of lies by letting these verified accounts post whatever they want. And some of these are getting millions of views. They're paying him, yeah. And they're paying, and they're into this revenue sharing program. And some of these sensational false stories get millions of clicks. That's generating thousands of dollars for these individuals, some of whom are operating multiple accounts that are all amplifying each other. So you created this incredibly effective profit mill for disinformation in the middle of a war and are surprised that that has now become by volume. There's two or three times more disinformation on Twitter than truth about this war. Wow. Max, you are the best at this, and I really appreciate you joining us on a Friday. What is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you, sir, and keep up with all your many heroic doings? You can follow me on Twitter at the Max Burns or on Substack at maxburns.substack.com. Awesome. Max, thank you so much. Man, I'm ready for October to be over. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. You too. Have a good one. We'll be right back with some of your calls at 866-997-4748. I'm dying to hear what y'all think of all this. 866-997-GRIT. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to Tell Me Everything with John Fugelsang. Nine years ago today, Taylor Swift issued 1989, her biggest selling album, and the first two singles were huge hits, Blank Space and, and this pop bubblegum masterpiece, Shake It Off. Sorry, man, this is worthy of Phil Spector at his best. The song is a pop masterpiece. And I'm glad Taylor Swift is finally getting a little bit of coverage in the media. We are SiriusXM Progress. Let me go to the phones before the break. Gordon in Illinois, thank you so much for waiting on hold. You are on the air. Welcome. Hi, good evening, John. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, I'm really happy that this new Speaker of the House, whatever his name is, I, I don't really care what his name is because he's a Republican. Um, Trump's little Johnson. Trump's that little he, Johnson. That's all you need yeah, to know. I, I, I want to say I'm really happy that he's going to have the, the Bible as his guide, but the Republicans need to watch out for him because he's going to want to open the borders. <laughs> You're right. Said, Welcome the strangers. Oh, not just uh, Jesus. The only the, the military. The, that's true too. Uh, forgive all debts. Other cheek. Forgive all debts and the death penalty. Uh, and make the rich pay their taxes because render yeah. under unto Caesar. Uh, oh, those rich. They, they're not. And social security because something something camel eye of needle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, um, push through uh, Medicare for all to heal preach. the sick. Preach. Uh, expand welfare benefits because feed the hungry and house the homeless. If you're going on the Jesus I mean, parts, the you're right. I don't know who they think they elected, but this guy's going to be great. Yeah, wow. Let's just hope he's read the New Testament at least once in his life, huh? Hey, you left out oh, he who lives know. by the sword will die by the sword, and that nations and individuals have an obligation to help the poor and the sick and be kind to those in prison. Oh, boy, I can't <laughs> wait for them to open up the Bible and see what's there. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I do have, I would like to ask a favor of you, though, uh, and then I'm all done. Um, tomorrow, would you do me a favor and call in to Hal Sparks' uh, mega radio show worldwide? I would like to hear the two of you together compare <laughs> and contrast the treatment of the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip with the treatment of the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto. Hmm. I think wow. there's some interesting similarities there. Yeah, and people who are better op-ed writers one. than me have, have written about popular, that. popular, but 
you know, no, it's I think fair. There are a lot of... It's a fair thing to discuss. It, listen, I mean, what 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 do you do when when the the most persecuted minority in the history of the human race, the Jewish people, suddenly have a minority within their midst? I mean, tonight in New York City, they had to shut down Grand Central Terminal because so many activists who were wearing T-shirts that said Jews for ceasefire showed up and got arrested in huge numbers trying to call for a ceasefire, which Bernie Sanders has done, which Joe Biden needs to do yesterday. When Biden went to Israel the the first time, I, I was before the attack. I really, I really wanted to hear him just casually utter the phrase "nation of Palestine." I don't care; just slip it in anywhere in any conversation. He, he, he did call for. He did call for it once. He, he he called for them to have their own state two days in a row, which is more than I expected. He 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 talked about how they have a right to self determination. I think he's choosing his words very carefully because let's not forget he doesn't want Donald Trump to become president. Think about what's going to happen to well, Ukraine and NATO if he says the wrong thing and Trump gets the White House. Well, yeah, I get I the tightrope he's walking. I, I, I get the tightrope he's walking. I do too, but just once, just call it a gap. I mean, he know he's known yeah. for his gas, right? So it's fun. <laughs> as a gas, Listen, just flip see. it in and say, let's, you know, let, the let's see what of happens. Palestine. <laughs> let's see what happens. Just, it's going to be a very interesting week. The ground incursion has begun, and I don't know how long, much longer Biden can, you know, go along with this. But we will see. It's going to be a very interesting week. I got to go, but I thank you, Gordon, for the call. Really great points, and you made me laugh. We'll be right back with your calls in a moment. This is progress. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, so as you know, the House is sort of back at work after electing far, far right Louisiana Mike Johnson, Republican, revoltingly false Christian as speaker. I mean, I I guess he can call himself Christian. It's just his religion doesn't have anything to do with the character of Jesus in the Bibles I've read. But did you know, because we're about to learn a lot more as Trump's little Johnson becomes Trump's exposed little Johnson. We're going to be learning a lot about this guy's resume. And Mike Johnson was the former senior spokesperson for the hate group Alliance Defending Freedom, also known as the ADF. That's a very influential group amongst the Christian right that's been pushing this extremist Jesus rejecting right wing agenda across the U.S., 
through our court system. Now, Rachel O'Leary Carmona has been executive director of Women's March for more than a decade, working to inspire, equip, and mobilize people to shape the actions and policies affecting their community. She previously worked with Amnesty International USA, Women for Women International, Girl Scouts of the USA, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and Wisconsin Public Television. We are always pleased and honored to welcome Rachel O'Leary Carmona back to Sirius XM. Rachel, good evening, and I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. I'm hanging in there. I hope you all are, too. It's been quite a month, hasn't it? Um, Wow. (laughs) It's been quite a month this week. (laughs) Yes. I, I, I mean, I'm really glad you're here. And I have a feeling that no matter who the Republicans finally settled on, we'd be having a conversation similar to this. But I, I, I got to say, not since Dennis Hastert have they said, hey, let's elect that quiet, boring guy in the corner that no one's ever heard of. And then I think we're set up for a series of very unpleasant surprises. Uh, what was your initial take about this appointment? And, and what have you learned about the ADF? I mean, it's like that book, the series of unfortunate events. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I think that I mean, I think that this appointment is just a demonstration of the unseriousness with which the Republicans are approaching actual governance. Um, You know, we see, you know, these folks who haven't really been on the radar, are not battle tested, don't come in with the kind of, you know, kind of relationships and the ability to govern similar to what we saw with Trump himself, Um, you know, getting into roles of leadership by virtue of their proximity to extremism. And you also see that here in Amarillo with you know, um, Matthew Kaczmarek, who oh, yeah. was never a judge before he was, you know, put on the bench as a federal judge here. Um, and so see by, folks- by, by a reality show TV landlord who had never been a politician or a public servant. I mean, this guy was a right wing <laughs> activist that this right. reality TV racist clown made a judge. And then, as we've discussed in the past, these right wing people who are opposed to women's reproductive freedoms went judge shopping all over Texas. They settled in beautiful right. Amarillo on this clown. And now, well, they're they're trying to make it a lot harder for Mephipristone to be uh, used by American patients. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Right. No, I mean, I think that, you know, that that hits it right on the right on the head. It's like, you know, the the folks who are um, in positions of leadership inside of MAGA, you know, GOP governance land, no matter where that is, if you're in the courts or if you're in, you know, the House, whatever, um, is that your um, ability to be elected into a position of leadership is your proximity to extremism and governance, um, fealty to, you know, your oath of office, fealty to the American people and to democracy itself is just simply not necessary. I think that this is just another way to, you know, in uh, I guess it's another variation on a theme of the attack on democracy, you know, that we saw so poignantly on January 6th and that we've seen in many different uh, weaponized ways since then. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm learning along with with everybody, you know, kind of like the background of a lot of these kind of shadowy um, mm-hmm. right wing you know, think tanks that have been operating for a long time, um, you know, moving these different kind of pawn pieces around in the different um, mechanisms of our government. And and they're having a moment. That's for sure. You're exactly right. You know, I knew a lot about Family Research Council. I've debated those people in the past on TV. Uh, You know, these people who just 
again, uh, claimed to be Christian while using the character of Jesus as a prop and literally legislating against everything this guy ever talked about so they can go after groups they hate, like women who want control of their own destiny, gay people that never bothered them, uh, Mm -hmm. the Christian refugees at our southern border. But I will admit, ADF, I really didn't know that much about. And they've really been involved in a number of huge court cases that are aimed at taking away the rights of Americans. I didn't realize this was the group that actually wrote the abortion ban in Mississippi that was ultimately responsible for bringing down Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see a lot of these, um, you know, organizations whose primary purpose for, you know, the last 50 or so years has been taking aim on abortion and saying that this is their, you know, this is their mission. It's related to their, you know, religion. It's related to their beliefs, whatever. Shifting now their um, focus to trans, um, the trans community oh, yeah. as well. Just, it just proves yep. that. Their beliefs are every bit as craven as their politics. It's it's a you know a naked power grab, um, you know, in the most um, convenient and you know powerful vehicle possible. Um, and and yes, they you know I think that their their policies are policies that hate women and their policies that you know play out on the battleground of women's bodies and queer people's bodies, trans people's bodies. But at the end of the day, what they really really hate is democracy. Um, you know what what where we are kind of. Um, you know, just casualties, uh, you know, of that overall attack. And that's because their agenda um, and their power grab and their minority rule, you know, they 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 just don't have a winning hand. They don't have time on their side. They don't have science on their side. They don't have public opinion on nope. their side. You know, nothing. They have a they have a, a losing uno hand. And, and you know, our side has <laughs> a, a bunch of reverses and draw fours. Um, and so what we need now is the political courage to be willing to wield our power, um, you know, in a way that sets our communities up to win for the long term, to get wins and to yep. defend them. Yep. And if you'll pardon me for saying it again, they 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 don't have Jesus on their side. I mean, th- this book they claim to follow, this spiritual camouflage they use when really they just want to be shitty and mean and have some kind of spiritual license to do it. Jesus is about one thing. Number one thing he's about is protecting the marginalized. Matthew 25, whatever you do to the least of my people, you do it to me. And yet it's these right wing fundamentalists who are all there to shit on the marginalized, whether it's trans kids who want to use a bathroom they're comfortable in, a gay couple that never bothered you that just wants equal access under the law, Syrian Mm -hmm. war refugees. I mean, the, the Christian refugees at our southern border consistently, these flock fleecing Pharisees are all about being as mean as possible to a harmless minority which is fascism 101. Look at this group. Mm-hmm. This this group is going to take away your standard of living. This group threatens your way of life and only we can keep you safe. 100%. And you know where I just saw that? I was just at the Amarillo City Council on Tuesday and um Mark Lee Dixon was there, the um mm-hmm. Incel, who's behind the um, so-called Sanctuary City for the Unborn Initiatives, and they're, so they're trying yes. to um, take over the highways in, in West Texas to block all of Texas from New Mexico and Colorado, where folks are going to get abortions now. And um, and you know there were people there who were standing up and telling the city council specifically, and 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 specifically these people from were from New Mexico, um, with a couple from the border from El Paso. There were about three. Um, people from Amarillo who spoke against the 40 um, who spoke against it. So it's also interesting that they have to um, kind of ship their their base around because it's not actually in the cities, um, which just speaks again to how we um, name red cities, you know, like, you know, places that have
have, uh, you know, gerrymandering places that have low voter turnout. And then we just decide that it's red because, you know, we, we've got, um, you know, these crazy so fast. It's like, you know, astroturfing the place. But there right. was these speakers that came up and they said, well, the reason that Amarillo had floods this year um, was because God is punishing us. And, oh. um, you know, so oh. we have to pass this ordinance so that we can, um, you know, so 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 I'm asking the city council to pass this ordinance, you know, so that we can stop having floods and that God can stop punishing us. And the Emerald City Council <laughs> is taking this feedback quite seriously um, from out of towners. And it's so interesting for us to really think about a couple of things. It really got me thinking in this in this city council, who are these folks accountable to? You know, and at the yeah. end of the day, these clowns are in here, you know, performing in their circus. And the owner of the circus is a, you know, a small cadre of mostly octogenarian, mostly millionaire and billionaire, mostly white, mostly men, um, you know, and, and they're pulling the strings here and they're they have jobs and they are accountable to us allegedly through, you know, elections that they have tried their best to compromise and through courts that they have packed and, you know, everything. But at the end of the day, Day, that's why there can be no mistake. You know, I think the first time we talked was like, you know, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, but I think pre Dobbs, but not by that much, where it was kind of like, oh, they're coming for abortion. It's like, no, 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 no. Abortion is a vehicle, you know, that they that's are going right. to a tractor that they're going to like drive over, <laughs> you know, so democracy. True. There can yeah. be no mistake that their goal is to tear democracy down and abortion. Yeah everything as a useful a useful tool that's um, it you're and you're the, you're the first person to say this to me because they're it's not that they're coming for abortion they're using coming for abortion to come for everything else mm -hmm. and i'm glad you mentioned the homophobia because this guy the new speaker the little, little johnson he was the lead sponsor of the federal version of the don't say gay bill introduced in the house last year and again this was aimed at suppressing any discussion about gender or sexuality. And in his mm -hmm. case, it was any place that took federal funding. So it's not actual censorship. It is enforcing self-censorship because it allows anyone, any nut job, to sue any school because any teacher said anything to any kid for any reason. It's literally mm -hmm. coercive self-censorship. And he was mm -hmm. one of the Republicans who voted against the Respect for Marriage Act, which contains federal protections for gay and interracial couples. These guys talk all the time about freedom and liberty. Yes. And then they show how little they value it. A hundred percent. And they also have a hallmark. Um, the thing about that, what you just said, and then SB8, the proposals around the so-called sanctuary cities um, and the, the highway yeah. takeover are all centering vigilante justice where, um, you know, there's no center for SB8. Um, you're not suing the person who's going to get an abortion or suing the people, you know, who's going with her. So, That's you know, it. there have been instances of people who have been weaponized where a guy was like, um, um, I'll have to Google the the specific name, but they had they had mentioned this also at the city council meeting that a man was um, basically trying to coerce a coworker into having sex, and he said, "Listen, if you you know don't have sex with me, I'm gonna turn you in for having an abortion." And this is like this neighbor on neighbor, it, it, you know, going back to this fundamental misunderstanding of the Bible, you know, this neighbor on neighbor violence, this um, you know, this this really in in some ways. Um, 
you know, the, the, the hallmark that we also saw in, you know, Nazi, um, you know, um, policy of, you know, turning folks in, um, snitching, having, you know, these, these neighbor committees that, you know, turn folks in. And it, it is just another way to erode the fabric of society um, further and further so that our institutions have less and less, um, you know, say over governance and it gives, um, you know, wannabe dictators more opportunity for power grabs. So it really is, it, it has become one of their central calling cards and one of their central tactics. I, you're, you're so right. And can I just bring up also lies? I mean, this guy is one of the head election deniers. This guy yeah. pushed the exact same lie about seven years dead Hugo Chavez helping rig the Dominion voting machines. that Fox <laughs> News is paying three quarters of a billion dollars for spreading. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think the thing is, you know, the so much I was reflecting on it because um maybe four months ago I had, I was on this like a panel and the right the executive director of Right to Life was on there and she was um you know ducking and dodging and weaving as as I'm sure you would because you know there were just a couple of facts that the reporters had brought up and the first one was that since the Dobbs decision um public opinion has shifted for the first time on abortion in about 50 years and it has shifted um towards uh, abortion rights and yeah. not towards, you know, bans. And I think there's a question whether you're talking about, you know, gay stuff, trans stuff, abortion stuff, whatever you're talking about. Why are these bad? Like what they're trying to say is this is a reflection of what the people, American people want and need and in fact are living. And if that were true, then why do you need bans? If no one believes in abortion, if no one here you know, needs to have an education about, you know, being gay or, you know, being trans, there is no such thing as transgender as, as sometimes they'll say it's just mental yeah. like why do you have to ban it if it doesn't exist? Yeah. Why do you have to ban it? You know, so it's a very interesting, you know, conundrum that they have created for themselves. And you see so much of their their there is really no solid policy platform anymore of Republicans. They are no longer the party of small government. They're the party of political contradictions. They, you know, want big government when it suits them and small taxes. There's this um <laughs> this scene on 30 Rock where yeah. Liz idiot boyfriend says something like he's a social conservative fiscal liberal and that's kind of what we're dealing with right now you know this is not this is a party that wants to insert itself into your bedroom but not into your taxes like it it doesn't care about roads but it cares about the decisions that you make between you and your doctor it cares about who you love but it doesn't care about making sure that you have like electricity clean water or clean air so it's like a very um strange iteration of the republican party and there is no political cohesion um you know to their platform whatsoever beyond you know the hate and and discontent that these folks have stoked with people whose lives have gotten considerably harder in part because these same people are creating a false um, inflation, um, price gouging, um, you know, pandemic profiteering, and are posting record profits for the companies and businesses that they own and they sit on the the boards of, um, while you know passing the costs and the hardship onto hardworking Americans. Then, with that discontent, they sow this anger and turn neighbor against neighbor. And here you go, you know, welcome yeah. to dystopia. 
So what does this mean for people like you? I mean, what is this appointment of this guy going to do for progressive activism to say nothing of Democratic Party fundraising? I mean, this is going to be like not as big a shot in the arm to the American psyche as gutting Roe v. Wade was. But I think there's a lot of people who are going to be very motivated to get out there and vote next year the more they learn about Mike Johnson. I mean, I think there's already going to be a lot of people motivated to vote. You know, I'm very, very much so looking forward to the outcomes, particularly in Ohio and Virginia. There's a number of of, um, you know, elections happening. We've got one in Texas here on on a a bunch of, um, you know, initiatives. But I think that. Listen, uh, you know, abortion has animated American politics for 50 years. It's not going to stop now. Um, you know, I think that um, the American people know exactly, you know, what is at stake. And I think the yeah. Republicans overplayed their hand over and over. I think they're over way out of their base. And I think that's a dangerous place to be. And I think that's why you see some of the career Republicans trying to look, you know, to a more moderate stance while you've got the MAGA party that's like a mm-hmm. rabbit dog off the leash that, you know, it can attack you just as easily as it can attack the guy who's trying to rob your house. So now they've, you know, <laughs> they've got this unleashed, untrained dog running around. And, it, it you know, it's it, the That's thing it. is, is that it's it's dangerous for, for all of them. So, you know, from my standpoint, it doesn't change much, you know, and right. our plan is the same plan, which is that we have to increase our muscle around organizing. We have to meet people where they are, but we have to have a commitment to not leaving them there. And we have to understand that people's understanding of their conditions and who is responsible for them um, is is is. Um, you know, something that we have to take very seriously when we're building the biggest we possible. And we have to reach out to folks that have not been politicized, who don't agree with everything that we say. Yep. Um, yep. You, know, you don't make what do they say? What's that saying? You don't make peace with your friends. You know, uh, yeah. you don't need to organize people with whom you already agree 100 percent. I agree. I agree. Club. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to build a movement. So That's I need it. to just. You know, head down, eyes forward, um, you know, having a large tolerance for, you know, working with people with whom I don't have um, complete political agreement, but who are simultaneously, That's it. you know, may have different political views, but are not actively trying to tear the 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 government to the ground. You know, yes, I'm so glad you said that. That's the only thing that ever brings change is broad coalitions, not narrow purity tests. Um Rachel O'Leary Carmona, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. By God, you inspire me. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all the work you do with Women's March? I'm Rach Carmona on all of the platforms. And of course, you can find me at womensmarch.com and link from there as well. Right on. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. Right back at you. All right. Take care.